Welcome to the CCF Podcast. We're a campus ministry at Truman State University. This podcast features sermons from our weekly worship services. Thanks for listening. Um, hey, it is, uh, it's the end. It's the end. I was really excited to preach this sermon. Um, all semester, I have been waiting for this final part of Psalm 139 uh, to be able to dive into these first 12 magnum opus verses of David's Psalm 139. Uh, These, would you actually stand? O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all together. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Where shall I go from your spirit, or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day the darkness is as light with you. Please have a seat. The inescapable presence of God. What could be more beautiful? What could be more comforting? And then the past week happened, beginning last Wednesday when I missed service to be in St. Louis with a dear friend whose mom had just died from cancer. And then I talked to an old college friend whose family is just completely falling apart, barely holding together in the midst of like extreme difficulty and challenge with wife and children, realizing that the intimacy and connection that he longs for is just maybe never going to happen. And he told me, he said, my dreams are dead. Most days, I'd rather just be dead. And then I got a call and I went to be with another friend whose whole professional life is on the verge of collapse and the well-being of his wife and his children actually hangs in the balance. Is God punishing me? He asks. Where shall I flee from your presence? The psalmist says. And yet here are all my friends wondering where in their hell and the world is God. Maybe the deal is lopsided. Like maybe we really can't flee from him, even if we want to. But does he flee from us? Is God holding all the cards? And if he is, is he playing them like capriciously, willy-nilly, here today, gone tomorrow? (sighs) 
I was really hoping not to be a bummer this time. I know I sometimes am. But then the past week happened. You hem me in behind and before, the psalmist says. Where shall I go from your spirit? Where shall I flee from your presence? Presumably nowhere. That phrase behind and before in Hebrew is achor kedem, in back and front. No matter which way you turn, the idea goes, forward, backward, up, down, God is there. Not always an easy idea to accept. Surely not for me this week. Then there's this, that coupling ahor kadem appears one other time in the scriptures, but in reverse order, also about the presence of God, from Job. Behold, I go forward, but he is not there, and backward, but I do not perceive him. Sometimes, it seems, no matter which way you turn, forward, backward, up, down, God's not there. Our lives have their Job's as much as their David's. I'm not here to resolve this for you. I am just here to acknowledge it. Switching on the lectern light and clearing his throat, <clears throat> the preacher speaks both the word of tragedy and the word of comedy because they are both of them the truth and because Jesus speaks them both, blessed be he. The preacher tells the truth by speaking of the visible absence of God because if he doesn't see and own up to the absence of God in the world, then he is the only one there who doesn't see it. And who then is going to take him seriously when he tries to make real what he claims also to see as the invisible presence of God in the world? Sin and grace, absence and presence, tragedy and comedy, they divide the world between them, and where they meet head on, the gospel happens. I'll let you figure out who FB is. So let me please begin here by acknowledging the absence in the past week. On the cusp of a sermon about the presence of God because I'm afraid that I'll feel like a salesman or a phony if I don't. Let's pray. Oh Lord, let our souls rise up to meet you as the day rises to meet the sun. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. And now let me tell you something else. This sermon really has been a long time coming. This idea of like the story of what it is to be a person is something that I have had in mind to do like in a little series for like several years. Derek is my witness. Uh, and then just this semester looking forward to it. It's been a long time coming. And then you know what? It didn't come. It didn't come. It didn't come out. Like at four o'clock today, I had nothing. Blank page. All semester, I have felt like such a hope and a desire for what it could be, the final fourth part of this coolly conceived little mini-series, 
seeing all that it is to be a person in the world created by God just through this one lens of this one psalm and hear the awaited conclusion finally. And then, like when I finally did sit down the other day to get all of this stuff out, because there's a lot, like there's, there's a lot. There's a lot in here, a lot in here. All of this stuff out that has been swirling in me all semester about this psalm, all of these big ideas about grace and hell and separation and presence and time and, well, God, suddenly, I had nothing. Really. I sat down to give it my best, like a, what I hoped would be a perfectly crafted, I like to craft with words, a perfectly crafted finish to something that I've poured a lot into this semester and that I feel has gone pretty well. And you know what I found? I didn't have it. I didn't have it. And I banged my head against this passage for hours. Grinded out page after page after page of words and ideas and crap. And then I stared at it completely just blank in my own heart and mind, feeling absolutely disconnected from all that was there. The ideas, the analysis, the insight, the connections. So I deleted them. And then I tried again, and I deleted them, and I tried again. And a lot of times, like, the Enneagram 5 of me is, like, a real help. And then there are times like this where it's just crippling. There is, and it, it's disappointing. Like, there's so much to this psalm, to this majestic first half of this psalm. Is this a, look at that. I mean, look at those words. Much that could be said about the meanings of the words and the connections to other passages and all kinds of nuance and all kinds of devils to be advocated. And I felt, like I always do, like I wanted the need to be articulate and thorough and to really give this beautiful thing the treatment that it deserves, especially now, coming at the end. I'm gonna, like I told you before, like next is gonna be the stuff on God. We've talked about being a person, so now read, now's not the time for the well-written preacher to fail. And I was like trying to argue with myself and argue with this passage and see it from all the angles like I always do and try to make it like whole and sensible and relatable and especially to like those my friends who are in loss. Like how do I say it in a way that connects with them or to people who don't believe an iota about God? How to make it appealing or earnest or just honest and and draw out like some hidden beauty and reveal the glory for what it is. And then all that I had was just ridiculous to me. So, there's your preface and your admission, I don't have much. All the stuff that I would thought I would say, not there. I have no titles. I have no like eloquently stated or cleverly constructed anything. So what I have, the little bit that is left is like a spew of words. That came out in like 90 minutes after a lot of frustration and feelings of ineptitude. And what I have are my friends and the people in this room who I know don't find uh, nearly as much comfort in this psalm as you would expect. Like maybe none at all. People who, who actually find like hurt or fear or 
disbelief instead, people for whom the fact of God's total knowledge of their lives is actually a total nightmare, because who doesn't have plenty of things about themselves that they'd rather no one knew about, much less knew about completely? People who read that word flee, where can I flee? And they think that is exactly the right word. And that is exactly what I would like to do. Flee from God. People who feel that when God lays his hand upon them, it has, it, it's more oppressive than it is relieving. People who feel like God has already fled from them, like whatever the idiot preacher down front is going to say and try to sell to you, he already left. So, I will accept that what I have to say may just be, uh, I don't know, unbelievable or boring, or that it may have holes or problems, and that it's not particularly well anything, um, but just say the one thing that I have to say. There is nowhere you can go, and nothing you can do and nothing that can be done to you where God will not be there. That's it. It's the whole thing. There is nowhere you can go and nothing you can do. Please hear me. Nothing. No thing. And nothing that can be done to you where God will not also be. And so, to my friends who are not in this room, who I have been with in the last week, if, if you ascend to the highest heights of success, and expansion and growth and your achievement, he is there. And if you descend into utter failure and bankruptcy and loss, he, he's there. And if you take wing and you're at your mom's funeral, he's there. If your kids kiss you goodnight, he's there. And if they tell you that they hate you, he's there. And to all of you who I love, if you climb the ladder and you get the six figures, he is there. And if you take your degree and you go and you make a minimum wage, he is there. And if you find the love of your life, he is there. And if you look at porn, he is there. And if you betray your friend, or if you are betrayed by your friend, he is there. If you do good things and volunteer at the nursing home, he's there. And if you spend your whole life playing video games, he is there. 
If you cannot bring yourself to look in a mirror, he is there. If you can't roll up your sleeves, he is there. If you PR at the marathon, he's there. And if you leave your whole to-do list undone, he is there. And if you have all of your beliefs right, he is there. And if you are a heretic, he is there. And if you believe with holy zeal, he is there. And also, if you just can't, he is there. And I know, I know that there is so, there's so much darkness. No one needs an explanation or an embellishment about that. There's darkness. There is the darkness that we make and that we wrap around ourselves like a blanket. And there's the darkness that happens to us and envelops us like a fog. And he's there. Where are you? Are you ascending to somewhere? Are you descending to somewhere? Are you fleeing? Are you hiding? Are you using something in your life to make yourself invisible to God, like sure that he's not going to see? Is there something that you're afraid of? Is there something that's happening or that you're afraid of happening that would ruin you? Where is the place in your imagining that is as far away as possible from God as you can get? Is there something that you say, yeah, read, but you just don't know about this? This is where God can't reach me. This is what God sees and finally decides to take his leave. This is where God will not be. Where will God not be? And I don't want your Bible answer. Will you tell me about it? Will you join me and the psalmist? If I start, like if I write it myself, and if I, if I say, if I completely fail at writing a sermon and fall short of all expectations, even there, your hand shall hold me. Your right hand shall guide me. I, wa I want to do this. I want to I do this together. I want you to respond to me. So I want to take some time, and, and you, can, there's, you can send this to me right now. If you've got an iPhone, you can send it to my phone. If you don't, you can send it to my email, because I don't get phone service in here for the normal stuff. And will you just, will you just answer this? If I, if I do this, or say this, or think this, or feel this, or if I, if I go somewhere, or if I achieve this thing, or if I fail to do this thing, if, then, what? Then, will, then God will not be there. Or if this happens, God will not be there. And will you just, I just want to give some time. You can keep it coming if you haven't sent it yet. I got a lot of responses. Thank you for, thank you for sharing with me.
to speak for you. I don't want all of us to speak back to ourselves. Oh, can you go back to what that was? Yeah. So I'll read that top part each time and say, even there, your hand shall lead me. And then if you would all respond together, and your right hand shall hold me. If I fail to pursue purity, even there your hand shall lead me. If I fail to stand up to my mother's expectations, even there your hand will lead me. If I lose the person I love the most, even there your hand will lead me. If I lose all of my friendships after graduation, even there your hand will lead me. If I ignore God for too long, even there your hand shall lead me. If I can't find the right answer or the right path to take, even there your hand shall lead me. If I let myself be known by others, even there your hand shall lead me. If I hook up with people and do drugs to cope with the darkness, even there your hand shall lead me. I think that I don't deserve and I'm unlovable, even there your hand shall lead me. If my personality is not enough for other people, even there your hand shall lead me. If I lose the object of my love, even there your hand shall lead me. If my mother and my little sister die before I can see them again, even there your hand shall lead me. If I'm alone to grieve my grandma, even there your hand shall lead me. If I fail to love my mom, even there your hand shall lead me. If I allow myself to feel the amount of sadness that I have and fall back into depression, even there your hand shall lead me. When I lose control over my body and my emotions and my mind because of the disease that has been ripping my life apart for my entire childhood, even there your hand shall lead me. If I harden my heart, Numb to God and the world, where I cannot distinguish what is right or recognize what is good, even there your hand shall lead me. If people find out who I really am, the real me, even there your hand shall lead me. If I can't talk about him and keep failing him over and over, even there your hand shall lead me. If I can't give up porn, even there, your hand shall lead me. If I fail, 
Even there, your hand shall lead me. If I become everything I wished I could be and find that I've lost everything, even there, your hand shall lead me. If I don't know what my purpose is, even there, your hand shall lead me. If I need a break, even there, your hand shall lead me. If I reveal how broken myself and how broke my family is, even there, your hand shall lead me. If I fail to get a job for next school year, even there, your hand shall lead me. If I don't reach my potential, even there, your hand shall lead me. If my friend is in the hospital and I keep missing her calls because I'm at work or simply can't answer the phone, but the hospital won't put me through to call her back, even there, your hand will lead me. If I fail to love my mom, even there, your hand shall lead me. If I never have a real relationship with my parents, even there, your hand shall lead me. If I can't stop lying, even there, your hand shall lead me. There is nowhere you can go and nothing you can do and nothing that can be done to you where God will not also be. He's there. He knows. He is there. It's not just that. These words, omniscience and omnipresence, that God knows everything and is everywhere, they're really expensive words, and you can just throw them out there like a brute fact, and they don't actually mean anything. That God knows everything and is everywhere, I mean, really, it, it means nothing. In fact, it may be worse than nothing, because if, if you know that God knows, and you know that God is everywhere, but you are convinced that he doesn't care and does nothing for you, or is out to get you because of all of the terrible things that he knows and sees about you, his knowledge and his presence are worse than meaningless. And this is where I wanted to have a really nice soliloquy and try to like make this compelling, and I don't have it. It just doesn't matter to me that God knows everything and is everywhere. What ultimately matters to me is that he loves you. And he is for you. So whatever you do, wherever you go, whatever happens to you, God will be there, and he will never not love you. And if you don't believe me, then just believe this. What then shall we say to these things? All of those things on my phone, what do we say to those things? 
if God is for us, who can be against us? If God is for us, who can be against us? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword, or losing the one that you love the most, or not being able to quit porn, or not being able to quit lying, or people finding out who you really are, getting the job, losing the job, losing the family. Shall any of that separate us from the love of Christ? No. No. In all of these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure... Hear how this sounds a lot like Psalm 139. I am sure that neither... Death, nor life. What else can you imagine besides death and life? What else is there outside of that? I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I don't have anything else to say. Lord, we believe, help thou our unbelief. Amen.